You're listening to the Boise Talks podcast, a podcast about faith, life, mission, and other stuff, with your host, Adam Boyce. In this episode is the second part to my conversation with my friend, Andrew Barnett. Enjoy. Tragedy's robbery, you, you, yeah. you've got caught, you're in Winston Green Prison, um, yeah. and so how long was you on remand for? I was on remand for eight months waiting for trial. That's, that's a long time, brother. So I'm seeing solicitors and everything up there. And this is the thing now still. This is how a person thinks, right? Okay. So remember the driver drive bar. Mm. Everything was in huddle bags, running. So they got everything back, didn't they? Because you got caught. Right. So you see what I'm trying to say. So if they get everything back, you're going to go guilty, innit? Mm. So they got everything. Caught back to rise. So you got everything back. So there's no loss apart from traumatizing things. Yeah, let's not minimize it. But in terms of logistics, yeah. Yeah, and then you're gonna go guilty. You're gonna go guilty, yeah. So, so you're saving time, aren't you? You ain't even gonna go for a trial. So, hear what? This solicitor is telling me I'm looking at eight years. Oh, eight years. Hear what? You've got everything back. I'm getting guilty. You're telling me eight years. I mean, good behavior. You do four years. I'm shocked by this. Now, don't take. Don't get me wrong. Still, what I've done. You know what I mean? It's not. You know what I mean? But, but that was your mindset that for the for the purpose of the tape. That was your mindset back then. That's not your mindset now for starting. It's my mindset. And and at the same time, madam, at the same time I remember there there's a there is a sense of uh, minorities in justice. So likewise right. again, we're okay. like, hold on, come, let's let's bring that down, bro. You know mm. what I mean? Yeah. Mm. I'm born in this country, I know the score's still right. Do not palm me off with that. Mm. This is what I'm trying to mm. say. You mm. will see people in the system, they've got the higher end of the sentence, you know what I mean? When mm. there's a possibility you can get the lower end. So so when the solicitors come talking to me, you know what I mean? Because obviously I'm not back in the manor, London, where I may know solicitors and everything, but you tell me, I'm like, nah, mate, I never get a penny. I mean, it's not morally right, right? But like I'm thinking, I never get a penny. To sit down and wait for four years, I never got a penny. You kind of feel better if you have a little change out of it still. Then you kind of, okay, I've got something. Then they brought me out to Shrewsbury. They brought me further out into Sticks to go to a court called Staffordshire. So this is further in the mm. Sticks, right? On the day, Adam, Shrewsbury Crown Court, now, I was down in the dock, right? And um, this is where this was a deep cry from my heart, a yearning from my heart. I prayed in the cell by myself, God, pray for no more than five years. I pray for less than five years. Adam, this was from my heart. Mm. It's like, you know, it's like, if you can imagine, Adam, all right, you're guilty, but if you can imagine, don't give me eight years. I mean, that could have been detrimental. You know, possibly if that happened, you could just wild out throughout that sentence now and then, or you might come out even a, a dangerous person, you know mm. what I mean? Because you're feeding like injustice. So, you, you, so you've seen people go down, because in your, I guess in your mind and heart, You've seen other people before you get sentences like that, and especially when you feel like the the criminal justice system has done you dirty because Most you've definitely. seen you've seen Most white. Definitely. Let's keep it blunt. Let's be blunt. You've seen white peers and friends get less yeah, for less more sentence, and you and you see certain black yeah. people in there, right? And you see them with a sentence. You just realise, boy, I don't know how you presented yourself in court or whatever, but definitely, man, that sentence way too high. You shouldn't have got that. You should have mm. just got 12 months, mm. but like you got the three years. Mm. You know what I mean? They've palmed you off. So what I'm trying to say, right, I was born in the country. I understand still. I understand the system. You know what I mean? I understand how to present myself and all that. So when the solicitors who's meant to be wrecking me and he's telling me that, it's like, really, you want to drapes him up and talk 
who are you talking to? You're supposed <laughs> to be representing me. You're, doing that. Like, you're representing me and you're trying to condition my mind to accept this. Mm. So anyway, Adam, as I said in days, like, I pray for no more than five, I pray for less five. That was my yearn from my heart, right? I went in the dock. How long did I get? Listen. And let me look I pray this. For no, I pray, listen. I pray for no more than five. I pray for less than five. How much did I get? Four and a half. I got four. Right. I mean, four and a half is acceptable, as you said, because four and a half is less than five. Mm. So God answered the prayer of a sinner. I'm saying he answered my prayers. He is merciful and he's gracious right there. Right there. A sinner like me. So you, so you've, you've prayed to God, and you're still probably not quite sure who God even is. But you prayed out to this God in the dark. Yeah, yeah, yeah. As far as you're concerned, His answer. I'm not doubting that He did or He didn't. You know what I mean? But as far as yeah. you're concerned, at that moment, this yeah. God has answered your prayers. You've got four years. Mm. Did, how how long of your sentence did you do? I ended up doing two years, eight months. I should have good behavior to two years, but I didn't mm. learn the art of how to navigate through there. While okay. I was there, I was still smoking heroin, taking things, and I'm still navigating. I weren't right. outright rebellious, but I'm still having fun and just drifting through. So after you've come out of prison, after doing a little bit more than two and a half because you wasn't perfectly behaved in there, did you? was that then the turning point for you? Unfortunately not, man. You know, we need, we need God's intervention, you know. So I come out... Bit more mature now still what did i do i started working with a company called show sex started being security and everything you know what i mean mm. at shows and everything so i was doing that but then probably after about six months i met somebody who was on who was i was on that sentence with he was a bigger don in terms of he was well in the game likewise again he was getting weights of kilos of heroin and you know he knows me from this mm -hmm. i come out and he he brought me in. Where you live at this point? Where are you living? I'm living. I went on Crystal Palace. So I was in a hostel at this point now. So Crystal Palace. So you're back down in London, back in almost back yeah, in the end. Yeah, yeah, I'm in London, so I'm mm. back in Crystal. But I'm waiting for a flat. Then I got a flat in Forest Hill. So you've come out of jail. You're you're back in South London. You've got yourself a flat in Forest Hill. That's sounding all sounding good, like a little bit of rehabilitation on the right road. But then you bucked up with this guy who is even further in the game and has got all yeah. these drugs that he's moving. Um, yeah. Did you go back to doing the county lines thing again, or did you stay in London? No, I got to Wales now. Mm. Uh, to Wales still. The reason why, you know, I, I met my child's mother. She's from there, so it introduced me to the area. So likewise, again, it's easier out there than it is London. So you've got a girlfriend. You've got your flat in Forest Hill. Mm. You're now moving up and down the motorway in between Wales and 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 for your flat in Forest Hill. Did you end up in jail again? Eventually, that was my last time, was conspiracy to sell Class A drugs, you know, I mean, got arrested in Wales, went into Cardiff, had a trial, I thought I was going to walk. By this time, you've got a, a child, haven't you? Yeah, I have a little child, a little daughter, right? But I'm still carrying on things. So by this time, I got arrested, but my mindset is still in the game. I got bail because of technicalities, right? Didn't have enough evidence, you know what I mean? I had a partner in Brixton as well. He got murdered. Yeah, he got killed, you know what I mean? And then another friend somewhere, things are really getting peak now, my eyes are getting open, things are opening. While I'm on bail, um, I took a little job as a cab driver. I remember I took some Christians to some convention somewhere in Croydon. And eventually, you know what I mean? My, ch my charge I was on at Wales, I went there, they couldn't 
that child started to be dropped, but then they recharged me with something else and I was really screwing now, you know what I mean? Because I was really like, you know what I mean, Teflon Don, you know what I mean? It ain't gonna stick, but you know, they give me a new charge. Then they put me on remand, you know what I mean? Kept me in there. Then while I was on remand in Cardiff, right? While I was in my cell, my sing, I was in the cell by myself. I had my Bible in there, so I probably was looking through the Bible, didn't know how to read it, but I found comfort in it. You know, my past experience in remember the God of my own imagination. Mm. So my hope is in God somehow. Then eventually, you know, night time, you know, another prison comes in, you know, he's going to share my cell with him. It's a Nigerian person who come in and he saw the Bible on the bed and he presumed that I was a Christian because he saw my Bible. And it's at that point, I can't say what happened to me. I can only say that I believe that God revealed himself to me by giving me a conviction where I jumped off the top bunk and I said, now I believe that Jesus Christ is Lord. And I know when I come out of prison, whenever that is, I will go to church. I don't know what inspired me and led me to say those things, but I confessed those things. I can only say now somehow God moved and touched my heart mm. and allowed me to profess and say that Jesus is my Lord and Savior. Mm. So I can only say it was a work of God where he chose that moment to say, Andrew, I'm setting you free because that's exactly what it was. He mm. set me free from this lifestyle of crime and drug addiction mm. and um, being captive to a way of life that is um, mm. destructive. What did that journey look like then, brother? So you're still on remand at this point, yeah, aren't you? That journey looked like straight away from then. I acknowledged that, you know, the person in my cell is a Christian and I acknowledged the person next door to me is a Christian. So I could observe them to try and learn a little bit about what Christianity is and have dialogue and conversation with them. But I quickly learned as well that they had been a Christian, Christian but they had like um, committed offence where they come into prison, prison. So the Lord imprint on my heart this must not happen to me so they helped me with some reading material at the time and helped me guided mm. me a bit but you know the lord really helped me and guided me and then i find again now you know my my presence i'm i'm tall you know while in prison people would look to me to see what am i on am i selling anything or what am i on and from the off in prison you know i found great opportunity when a man you know would would get my attention uh, and you know he looks like he wants to see what I'm on and talk to me from then I would conversation have conversation with him about God you know what I mean mm -hmm. just share the gospel and how the Lord has touched my life so throughout the two and a half years while in prison I started going to church I started attending prayer meeting having bible study so I'm learning more about God and I'm I'm growing up you know so you've had a, a genuine experience here with God this, this wasn't no... It's, it's, an, it's an awakening, it's genuine. I mean, I, I can't express it in words because it's it's a move, something that God has done. It's not something that I've done where I'm, a, I'm under a sensation or I'm under a feeling. This is a revelation, a realisation. God exists. Jesus Christ is my Lord. Hear what? Beyond anything, right? Jesus is my God. Right? I'm following him. I'm walking with him. Yeah? He revealed him to me with a passion. Right, mm. you know, once before, still, you know, what I mean, I see myself as the don, though I'm not the biggest don, but I'm a don, you know, what I mean, I make things happen still, you know, what I mean, or I'm with my people and we make things happen. But right about now, God is the don, He's running things right, He's showing me how I should live my life, and I'm following Him. I am grateful to follow Him still because I know He's real, He has touched me in a way that is inexpressible. But you know, I know things are happening in my life, and I'm 
not doing the things that I used to do. Hear what? Now, I got sentenced to a five. I'm even in prison now. So I'm with some other cellmates where, you know, as time goes on, you have somebody else in your cell and you two live together. And there was an altercation with one of my cellmates and somebody else. And um, as a bigger person, you know, I probably kind of tried to quench it instead stood in the way between him and somebody else. And a person headbutted me. And I found myself, we never make nothing bleed or whatever, but I find myself froze. You know, when I say froze, not like a mannequin, but mm. I didn't react. I didn't react. That is kind of strange to me. It didn't react. Mm. I didn't react, you know. Um, yeah, so... You know, that is something that that's, that's not really my nature. That won't really have happened. So that is kind of evidence to me that something's going on in my life. Mm, mm. And by the sounds of it, God is already working on your character and your heart yeah. and your ability yeah. to, to have somebody headbutt you. And you, yeah. like you said, you don't react. And it actually shooks you like, right. wait, hold on. My man's walking away. <laughs> I got baptised in there as well. I mean, at first still, yeah, I was thinking, don't need to get baptised because I know God, I believe in him. But eventually, you know, um, I, I got moved to a prison and, um, you know, a good minister come there and everything. And I was part of a group who used to go out of prison and go to other churches to give testimony and share what God is doing in our life. And then eventually, yeah, you know, my family come down and, and my children's mother at the time. And I was actually baptised in prison, you know, I got baptised in prison and, um, I was one of probably maybe four of us got baptised. So when you came out of prison, what was life like for you? When I came out of prison, life was different from me, how I'd previously known it before. It was more stable living in Wales with my, my child's mother at the time. Mm. Um, and I was learning to walk and conduct myself as a new creation, as a Christian. But the difference was now is that um, I had the choice you know, I had the choice. You've got freedom now, haven't go, you? Because you're out of yeah, jail. To go, yeah, to go where I want and do what I want. Where before, for two and a half years, my choice was limited. I was in a safe environment and a, a secure environment. Mm. Not a hostile environment, but secure. Because this routine and, you know, I have more time to hear God, listen to him and continue in prayer and so forth. But now out of prison now, um, there's a responsibility for me to to make the right choice. So at first it was it was fine, you know. Um, you know, I've got freedom now. I did find a job, so this is revolutionary. This <laughs> is definitely setting me mm. off on the right path. I'm working. I already pre I already preconceived and knew in my heart and my mind I considered there's people in Wales in Newport that I used to supply drugs to. There's people that still owed me money. And um, you knew you knew that probably cunningly that people would benefit if I was to go back into that lifestyle that mm. I could supply them with um, drugs at a good price. Mm. So I, I knew that, and I knew people would be money. I told myself, I don't want that money. It's dirty money. I'm not going to get involved. That's what I told myself. Mm. But I'm learning that <laughs> my sinful nature, you know what I mean, that I need to have boundaries and, mm. you know, it's not all the time what I said I'm not going to do, that I don't do it, you know. So I said these things, Adam, while I was in prison, I knew. I said to myself, when I come out, I need to work, even after working Tesco's. God believe me, I didn't want to work in Tesco's, mm -hmm. but I knew I have to work because I have to make money. I have to live life. I'm not going to sit down. So I said that, but in my heart, I don't want to work in Tesco's, but 
I'm willing to work. So as I said, I got a job in a warehouse forklift driving, doing that. I don't know how it came about. Maybe I saw the person or whatever. Then I did start seeing somebody I used to supply. I started, you know, give me some money, like 50 pounds, 70 pounds, stick with him, have a little bit of heroin, you know. Here and so here. your old habits started creeping back in again? Yeah, you know, sitting down with them while till till now I'm liking the heroin and smoking and then I have to testify that, you know, so I'm smoking now, you know, and this is a regular thing when I, I'm, and you know, I'm going to testify, you know, I'm, so I'm trying to testify to them, tell them about Jesus and what he's done in my life. And even yeah, at this yeah. stage, I'm saying it's only he can help me. So mm. I'm smoking with them. And I'm telling them what he's done. Sharing your faith with them and what he's done in your life, but you're but while smoking with them, that's a so you're in this vicious cycle of trying to bring them to Christ and trying to give them, trying to show them what you've got in Christ, but also still you're in, in their God of, of the heroin. But I'm telling them at the same time where obviously they can see I'm mm. coming, I'm coming daily because I'm getting it free. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it's a deceiving myself. I'm getting it free. But I'm telling them because I know. I'm slipping into it. But I'm telling them it's only God can deliver me. Mm. So though they see me with them and know I'm coming back, they might be figuring he's deceiving himself. But mm. I'm not at this stage yet. I'm getting drawn back in and I'm telling them, I'm testifying to them, it's only the Lord can deliver me. So your addiction's really starting to kick in again and probably kicking in more than it was before using jail by the sounds of it. It's becoming a daily... And it's not just you dabbling into your own massive supply. This is you regularly using every day by the sounds of it until yeah. this point what was had you joined a church was you what, what was church, was there any church life for you up until this yeah. point i was going church regular and I, I knew that i was going church regular so you see probably to help ministries and churches understand people with a criminal background mm. and even probably substance misuse background to understand how to disciple them and really and reach people like that where they might not yeah. be and yeah. ironically yeah. you're still one of the people that they should be reaching because you're still abusing the substances and yeah yeah I'm, I'm still going to church Adam I'm going to church every Sunday I'm mm. going to church every Sunday mm. you know you know you can act you mm. know you get I know I'm going to church because I know I need God mm. I know I need him mm. I, I know without him I know the devil will sweep me away mm. And I know it's going to be so much worse than it was before. I'm mature now still. You know, I might consider myself as one of the men them doing all right. But as time goes on, you will see sometimes people used to have substance abuse. They used to be fat cats. They used to have everything. But the longer it goes on, they end up homeless on the streets, broken and everything. Mm. And they, you know, they can talk about what they used to be or somebody might remember. Remember, it used to it, but they could be reduced to nothing. So mm, mm, I can mm. thank the Lord that, you know, praise the Lord for delivering me because mm. I didn't experience what we might see people substance mm. abuse experiencing. I didn't experience that. Yeah, you wasn't shaking, I was shaking, wrecking a corner in a squat, injecting nastiness into your arm. Yeah, you didn't I, get I didn't to that get, extreme. I didn't get to there. What was the church like in Wales? I'm assuming it wasn't... Predominantly white. Right, yeah, they okay. Had, they had, they had um, probably like the Guinness effects, it pure, pure white and everything. Mm. And like, you know, you, I mean, in Wales still, you had, you know, you had a few, quite a few... Um, of colour, black mm. people here, you know, um, it was pretty big as well, right, in Newport, pretty big, but in there as well, you probably have groups of people, so you can walk in there and, you know, you're part of this group, you're part you can of this lose group. yourself so in the people, life of the church, 
almost. Yeah, so some people might not really, you know, just walk straight past you because you're not probably part of that crowd or group. Mm. So the main thing for me, you know, I mean, it was church. I was involved with a particular group of people, so I did get a bit of fellowship. Though, as time went away, right, probably some of them was unstable because um, marriages broke down and right. some of people, That's you sad. know what I mean? Yeah, but what was your final intervention? All right, so the way I kind of look at my faith is, I don't know if you can relate, I, I gave my life to, I, I, I met Jesus one day after work in the evening, reading the Bible by myself, boom, th- 13 oh. years ago, I, I, I gave oh, my man, life to Christ. Yourself, that's good, so that Could was the, so that, well, I'll share that story with you one day, but this is, this is your yeah. story, not mine. But um, yeah. that was my turning point when I met mm-hmm. Jesus. But my tipping point, in my walk, in my walk with God, didn't come till about six years ago, maybe. Yeah, so I had yeah. a turning point where I turned away from my old life and and my old ways, and turned mm-hmm. towards Christ. Um, mm-hmm. And then I had a tipping point about six years ago when I started to see the gospel for what it was, and I started mm-hmm. to see God for who He was, and 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 who He saw me as. And da, da, da. Mm-hmm. so, what was your mm-hmm. tip? What was your turning point? No, what was your what was your tipping point? Because your turning point was in, in, in jail with, with the Nigerian guy when you jumped off the yeah. bed and said, I give my life to Jesus. Mm. That was the turning point in your life. But it sounds like there's something missing here because you've come out of jail and you're still using Class A drugs. So what yeah. was your tipping point then, brother? Yeah, so like, like as I mentioned to you, you know, I was working, I was attending church, but, you know, I was still playing in the world and I was mm. still um, enjoying the substances. temporal pressures of um, yeah, heroin. And that I could I could see that you know that was going to take me to into a dark place again, and um, the enemy would have you know he, he definitely want to destroy me. Mm. But while I was taking that, I was holding and professing and holding on to the Lord. So I was transparent with um, somebody at the church I was attending, and I praised the Lord that the Lord allowed him to find a rehabilitation center that was willing to take me. So I had to leave my family at the time and my work straight away. And I went into a rehabilitation center mm. and I stayed there for eight months. Um, it refreshed and renewed my mind again by reading scriptures and meditating upon scriptures. Was it a Christian retreat? Was it a Christian um, yeah, rehab? Yeah, Christian rehab in, right, in Hereford. Okay. In Hereford. Right, okay. and, and, and again, you know, I got to practice. I used to go out to the town and do evangelism. So, you know, it got me to practice and be active in my faith. You know, mm. that's something that was always, you know, I believe something naturally when I say that I'd be willing to stand up and preach and share the mm. gospel, meet people. Mm. So I've done that finished that then I, I came back to Newport continued at the church I partaked in ministry by going out weekly to a, an estate and engaging with the people on the state proclaiming and preaching the gospel um taking part in some 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 groups in there and just mm. fellowshipping by this point you're clean how did your habit affect your family life because you've you've now set up home with your girlfriend and your and your your daughter yeah. and yeah. by this time yeah. your son's come along i'm assuming yeah well he came when i was in the rehab yeah okay so you rehab. so you your yeah. son was born while you were in rehab what what was family life like for addicted andrew before he went to rehab well, still I was, going I was, church? Hi- I was hiding i mean as you said you know I, for most of my life really i'm not a trans it wasn't transparent so you're not going to look at me and blatantly mm. know that you know, so your girlfriend had no idea that you had this habit um, it wasn't, you know, um, it wasn't, 
Because it, it, it had to have been a serious, time. but it had to have been a serious enough habit for you to need rehab. To rehab it's a habit. It's not even yes. recreational. I yeah, gave yeah, up smoking twenty years ago. I have the odd it, cigarette at a party. You got a habit. But, but you see, it was out of the house. It was always right. it was out of the house, so it wasn't in the house, right? So yeah, she had probably known that yeah before my last sentence. Mm. She knew I was mixed up in it, all of those things, right? So though. I was doing it before I went to rehab. Probably it would have been in a short space of time. It probably would have been in about a three month time. Right. That, you know. So it, it got really si- pretty serious pretty quickly then. In a, in a very, yes. Yeah. 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 Definitely. So she probably would have seen at home. Maybe I feel a little bit. You know what I mean? Yeah. The signs. But, but as I said, it's not in the house. It's out there. But obviously, when I get on, probably notice mm. notice some mm. things and everything. And um, yeah. Then, then that happened. Then obviously I could be transparent and say. I need to go into rehab, mm. yeah. So you've come out of rehab, you've got two children, you've stayed clean, and you you, you're, you you now know you've got this, by the sounds of it, this calling to share your faith with people. It's yes, very, yes, very so. blatant. From what I've heard from your your story, yeah. from the from day one, it was yeah. clear that you want to tell people about this experience you've Amen. had with God, and not the God of your head, the God of the Bible. So after I come out and got serious and everything, I knew that I want to work with people at disadvantage, you know what I mean? I want to work with offenders, ex-offenders and disadvantaged youth and people, mm. minority mm. groups and that. Right? So I started working with probation, the yacht, young offenders team, doing voluntary work. So I started doing a lot of work. This is, this, sorry to cut you, this, this is up, it's still up in Wales, Wales isn't it? Wales, right. yeah. So I started doing these kind of work to get credibility, you know what I mean? Because I figured, how am I going to build a little career? Yeah, I'm not getting college at this stage and everything, so I built it by hard graph and credibility. Mm. Started doing things like that, opportunities, you know what I mean? And um, I went for countless interviews after a time still like, and I didn't get the job. I mean, after a while when I was going to interviews, I felt very confident. I know what I'm talking about. I am the person for the job, but they was always fucked. But mm. that was my conviction, mm. so they mm. didn't want to employ me. So I figured, oh, hey, what now, right? I can see society's got a real problem with youths, excluding them and everything, right? So I devised a program, you know what I mean? Just dividing pros and with some gospel theme, like, you know what I mean, from Deuteronomy. I, dev- I devised a program and called it Class UK. The acronym is the letter stand for choose life and see success in Christ, you know what I mean? Not success as a bag of money, mm. but, you know what I mean? Tr- a transformed life. And I developed a program and um, I got some work, I got funding, you know what I mean, working with community organisations. Then um, likewise, I used to do voluntary work going to young offenders in Bristol, you know what I mean, going there. Then I eventually got a job as a community chaplain in the prison, you know what I mean? And also got like private work working in the evening with the naughty offenders by running my program and courses and teaming up with some other people outside and going around to other prisons, coming down to South London, going to ISIS prison, you know what I mean? That's next to Belmarsh and that young offenders. Mm. Going to Portland prison and everything. So, you know, the Lord really opened up opportunity for me to meet with people who was like myself by running a program, but at the same time evangelizing, ministering to them and sharing mm. my testimony and that. What was it like for you going into a, <laughs> going into a prison without handcuffs? <laughs> And, and and going in as as a visitor with a, with a, and being almost respected by the prison staff because you're now on their side of the fence, and going in and spending time with people who within a, not too long ago would have been would have been you, criminals mm. with issues yeah. and addictions. It was a wonderful thing. It was a wonderful work that the Lord had done. It was really um, joyous for me, Adam. As you said, right. 
you know, instead of going to prison in handcuffs, I was going without handcuffs. And um, instead of being led to the cell, you know, I could walk to other people's cells. Mm. And um, it, it was it was just um, a wonderful work that the Lord had done to give me the opportunity. And before I come become the community chaplain, right, I used to go to the prison in the evening with another team who used to just go there and the young offenders to support them. And what the prison chaplaincy realised, they just automatically figure like, this is you. Mm. You know, obviously, again, disproportionately, mm. a lot of people mm. come mm. out. They practically read a job spec and kind of like, you know what I mean? We can see your gifting. This, this so they, is they create a role around you and your gifts you and your skills. Yeah, I, 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 I got that, you know. So mm. I got that job and I was in there. And it was a wonderful thing. And then out as well, I used to have a group of enough, maybe, say, 15 black youths, you know what I mean? I used to do it in myself in a chapel. You know, they're loud, rowdy, but I used to engage them and, and, and have talks and, and mm. just share scripture and talk about them and that. How old are your children by this point? So you, you, you're now doing this work in prisons, by the sounds of it, yeah. kind of up and down the country, which is amazing. Family life, what, is, what does that look like back in Wales? And how, how old are your children and what, what's the relationship like with their mum? Well, at the same time, the mum's not born again. She's not a Christian. Right, okay. So, um, you know, there's a few challenges. There's mm. a few challenges at this stage. You know, um, the children, you know, they can see like, they'll say, daddy loves Jesus. You know what I mean? How, how so, old are they by know, this stage? My daughter, um, the difference, right, is my daughter, my daughter is five years. My daughter's, no, my daughter's seven years older than my son, mm. right? Mm. But my daughter, probably, she was about, she was about like um, 10, and my son probably about three years old. Right, you know? okay. so, they, so they're young still. Yeah, yeah. They, they're young. The relationship is, you know, it's, it's got a strain. You know, I'm trying to, I'm trying to bear God's image and display God's image within my family life. But, you know, there's been, there are some difficulties, you know, um, mm. in terms of my discipleship and um, the fellowship I'm having, you know, you know, being around the right believers is what can be very helpful. Our people mm. can disciple you and um, just help you to navigate through, mm. you know, a relationship if you're not married. Yeah. Mm. So, um, yeah, so that's how it was. Then, it, you know, it was, it was, it was straining. The relationship was straining and eventually it strained where, you know, we departed. Mm. And, um, you know, I find myself of accommodation living down there, you know, not something I wanted, but it, it not ideal, but it, it's, it, it, came it is what that, it is. Yeah. yeah. You know? So what, so what brought you back to, to London eventually? I always used to still come down to London, you know, throughout my time when I was in Wales. So that's mm. why the M4 is a regular, you mm. know, motorway. That's your highway. Yeah, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. I can drive that naturally still, mm. you know, I know I can time and tell you exactly how long it will take me and when I will actually reach London, I know. Some brothers from South London still, at the time it was Calvary Chapel, South London, you know, right, I mean, okay. you know past the Ephraim, Patrick, Rob. Man like Mark Five, Gems, you know what I mean? Like some rappers, they come up and everything. And um, so they come down to do a show down Barry. And um, it was just a blessing to meet some. So had, up until this point, had you? Is this your first time meeting these guys from this church? Yeah, yeah. And from South East London. That's weird, isn't it? That they've come from your well. end. Yeah, be, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what what only God would really. Thing, man. Uh. So when I when I meet Fifey, man, you know what I mean? Me and him just start banter and talk and everything. So we just fell in love as brothers straight away, still link up, took each other's numbers. Mm. They told me where they're going, you know what I mean? So I had the number for Calvary Chapel, South London. So 
when I come down, maybe a few weekends later, I went and visit them down um, West Dulwich. You know, I went to the church. I met up with Pastor Patrick Key, link up, talk with him. Then I think that same year, 2008, right? I think it's the last year that they had the men's retreat. We went to a retreat down Doncaster, you know what I mean? Where, you know, they had a men's retreat and everything. So I get to bond and meet a lot of the other brothers there. Then it was a regular thing still, you know? I used to like to come down and stay by my mum, visit my family, you know what I mean? And then like um, stay there, Sunday, go church and come out. So that was my first link up with Calvary Chapel, mm. South London, um, AKA now started um, to call it Ecclesia, mm. you know what I mean? Yeah. So that was it, 2008 and my connection. And I believe since I met with um, the church family there, the expository teaching, you know what I mean? Um, the way they exegesis the God's word and extract God's word. What does that What does that mean, brother? Um, expository and exegesis. I know, but I'm be, I'm I'm trying to get you to de-jargonize the words. Yeah. All right. Sorry, I shouldn't be using these words. Still, right? Forgive me. All right. The way they teach God's words within its right context. So they're not taking God's words out of its context. So if you're hearing things within the chapter. They are helping you to understand these things were said. Mm. And why it was reason. said and, and the context in which it was said yeah. and then applying That's it right. to, to our setting here in yeah. your, in your right. case, 2008. But yeah, so it, don't, don't just take anything out and, and mm, you know, mm, it's, mm, exactly, yeah. yeah. And, and likewise, again, you know, they believe in a stable diet of God's words, you know, by, um, you know, Matthew chapter 4, four, 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 four chapter 4, verse 4 says... Man should not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds forth out of mm. the mouth of God. So you're even going to hear topics and you're going to hear God's word spoken to you. That it's going to challenge you because you're going to hear some things that you might find very hard and even some things that you may not want to hear. That it's going to be a stable doubt rather mm. than things that you want to hear and things that you like mm -hmm. hearing. And maybe in Wells, I heard more things that, you know, um, that was, you know, it maybe encourage you that God is going to do this for you and mm, uh, mm. it's going to be all right. Mm. And the truth is, I need to hear and understand that um, sometimes it's going to be very difficult, but God is always going to be there. I just need Amen. to trust him. Amen, brother. So, so you're now, <laughs> yeah, you love the M4. So now you're, you're not only are you up and down the country going into prisons and, and working with these mostly young black men, um, mm trying to help them turn their lives around and, and get on the straight and narrow like you you managed to but you're now coming down every weekend to London to stay with mums go to mm. church and then you're back up the motorway again yeah um what, what brought you to London permanently well I knew in my heart still I really want to come back into England still mm. London and um you know I was living in Wales by myself and then um my journey's coming down London I'd met my wife I, All right. I met her in okay. church. I actually met her in a church. And, um, in, in, in Wales or in London? Yeah. In London. Okay. In All right. London. Yeah. I met her in a church in, in North London. I met her in North London at a church. I was, I, was, I attended there with somebody who had connections to that church. So, you know, we became friends. We talked. And um, yeah, I knew I was praying. I was praying that the Lord would direct me. I was praying for a wife because, mm -hmm. um, yeah, I decided to be married. Mm. And uh, I met my wife, who's my wife now, and um, yeah, we spoke. I made my intentions honourable and known to her. And you know, um, after a while, you know, got engaged, 
then we, then we got married and um yeah we praised the lord you know so, so when is this brother what year did you get married 2011 so 10 years next april right yeah, amen you know, amen and, brother amen life is wonderful yeah, yeah decade thanks to god i mean yeah the journey of the things that i went through definitely restored the years of the old and more so the things that i was chasing you know um that the enemy made me mm -hmm. bigger you know what i mean that you know is what you know he, he put before me and, and you know deceived me and made me figure yeah these are all the things i want god has given me so much more i have so much more and god has given me a purpose you know he's given me an intent and a reason that life has a greater purpose he's helped me to really appreciate love myself mm. and in turn love his creation you mm, know and um mm, mm. yeah well know, um brother yeah. let's let's fast let's fast forward then to so you're, you're now in Watford and you're now a missionary for London City Mission. I've had various different jobs, you know. They have been with secular organisations, but they've always been centred on working with, um, you know, people from um, offending background mm. or, you know, people excluded from schools, people with substance misuse, people mm -hmm. marginalised. So mm -hmm. there's always been an element where I can, I can minister and um, display God's love and um help them to have value and purpose in their life mm. but secular settings so i've always been working with people doing applied for a role to become a full-time missionary which is what i would have hoped to have been doing in 2015 but mm. I had to wait for a delayed period of three years so now i'm a full-time missionary at london city mission working in north kensington ladbrook grove the grenfell tower area and um yeah it's a joy now again because um you know that's who I am. I'm a Christian. I'm a I'm an image bearer. I, I'm I'm a light. You know what I mean. And I, I want to do good. You know what I mean. That people see and glorify God and that their visitation. So I'm out and about in the community, and I've got the, the 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 freedom to proclaim the good news of the gospel and seek mm -hmm. every opportunity to proclaim the good news of the gospel. And um, it's a it's a joy. It's a delight still. So. You know, I'm, I'm enjoying where I'm working. Uh, I'm learning, I'm growing. Um, I get to work with some young people, some young youth. I'm mentoring to young people at the moment. You know, it's a it's a process, but, you know, it's, it's going well. You know, we're developing good relationships and mm. friendship. You know, they both have had some... This is coming like the story of life. Yeah. So from a, from a 14, 15-year-old mm. back in Peckham... Um, breaking into houses, stealing car stereos, you quickly got into selling Class A drugs, robbing banks, mm. robbing jewellery shops, doing county lines before it was even called county lines back in the yeah. early 90s. Yeah. You've been in young offenders institution, you've been in yeah. little prison, open prison, big man, yeah. high security prison. Yeah. It just shows that you can be a young guy in mm. South London or anywhere really and mm. quickly go from A to past Z in criminality. Yeah. What would you say to and I'm I'm what would you say to a young black boy out there now who maybe is starting to dabble in criminality or is so far down the road they can't see a way out? Mm. What would you say to a young a young black guy out there who's who's who was doing what you was doing mm. back then, who's doing it now? I would say to a young black guy, and as you said, rightly so, because sometimes as a person of colour, a black guy, you might feel that there's a lack of opportunities. You might feel that 
you're misunderstood, misinterpreted, and um, you might find life difficult to navigate mm. as a young teenager, adult. And that's somewhere where I was myself. What hope is there for him? There's plenty of hope for him because um, we know, right? I would, I would say to him first and foremost, right? This is scriptural, right? The Bible says, if you seek me with all of your heart, I will be found by you. So this is how that works, right? Now, I always believed in the God of my imagination. So I painted God in a picture of what I believe God to be. Now, there's quite a lot of people that say they believe in God, but unfortunately, he's not the God who reveals himself. I mean, culturally, often. culturally, black people believe in God. Yeah, cop, yeah cop, you know, that's we're, brought, we're brought up so culturally that, to, to believe in some sort of God. But, but you see what I'm trying to yeah. say, right? We know the stumbling block could be for a lot of black guys that Jesus, what they portray is an offence, so therefore they back off, right? So therefore they can believe in God, but they don't know him. So therefore uh, I was in that same situation, the same as them. So she said, culturally, I believe in God. Why do I believe in God? Because I know this world's mash up. I know when I was an heroin addict in Forest Hill in my flat, right? I knew the only way I'm going to get free in my heart, God. I don't know God, but I know in my heart, God is only you can set me free. I, I knew that in my heart, right? And I know, as I told you, when I was in the cells and I was going into the dock, I cried out to God, don't name God, set me free. So I'm saying any black male, any person of colour out there, right, and they feel despair, they feel like, what is life about? You know what I mean? They're feeling oppressed, they're feeling marginalised, they're feeling victimised, right? They just feel like, what choice have they got still when everyone else is around them trying to make their peace and trying to get them to join this group or no group i would just say in all in your heart just cry out to god you may not know his identity is right but you know there is just something in you that i would believe that really just with just moves you to a place where you know what i mean you have to believe that god is there and as i said by crying out to him seeking him god himself will reveal himself to you in the appropriate time, which I'd say the appropriate time is now. The appropriate time is now. And I will say, there's only one God. Jesus clearly makes us know he is the way to truth to life. So if you're not following Jesus, you're definitely going in the wrong way. All right? Yeah? If, if you're not listening to the words of the Bible, you are definitely not listening to God's words. Right? And, and if you're not following Jesus, if you're not listening to God's words, you are definitely not on the path of life to eternal life, all right? God invites you to be a part of his family. That's a wonderful invitation, right? He invites you to be part of his household, part of his church. He tells you that you can be a new creation. So however you're living now and the things that you're doing, God is able, right, as a loving Heavenly Father, to put wonderful desires in your heart and to put you down a path that you probably may not even have imagined before if you have no idea what that might look like. And that, that is just part of my testimony. But as always, I will say trust in God. Trust in God and believe in the name of Jesus Christ. So I know you may trust in God, but I'm also saying believe in the name of Jesus Christ because there's no other name, no other name in heaven and earth whereby mm. a person can be saved but by the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. So it's important I know many of black guys believe in God, but listen, 
believe in the name of Jesus Christ. Believe in that. Name. And that's a distinct right? difference. And, 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 and I, yeah. I, I really appreciate how you've made that distinction. Yeah. It's, it's to some people semantics, yeah. but that's a big difference because a lot of people culturally mm. believe in God yes, and they think that's, that's right. enough. That's but if you no. don't believe in the name of Jesus, That's right. if you don't believe that God raised him for the dead and that he, he, right. he's, he's alive and breathing mm. and kicking, mm. you, 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 you've, you've got a death sentence. Yeah, definitely. We're talking about jail sentences in juvie. Yeah, you've got a death sentence right. waiting for yeah, you. That's, that's, that's right. So, brother, if you're, list, if, you're, if you're listening to this conversation right now and you're a man who knows a man who needs Jesus, mm. what encouragement could you offer um, for somebody who doesn't know how to go about opening up that conversation and doesn't want to put on a placard, the end is nigh, repent and believe? Because we know that's the yeah. truth. But relationally, yeah. that's not most of the time yeah. going to penetrate people's yeah. hearts. What what advice could you give to a, a young man out there or a man out there or somebody out there who knows somebody who is lost in their own world of darkness, mm. whatever that looks like? Mm. How could they? Sh- how can they go about sharing that light, the light of mm. Jesus practically? I would say that you must pray first because, you know, you need to lift up that person to the Lord you know, um, the Lord loves him better than we do, all right? But lift up that person to the Lord. And likewise, we have to seek the Lord's will to see how he would have us go about in terms of engaging with this person who we know is lost and needs the Lord. Now, we know we know we're meant to go out and, and, and make disciples and we're meant to go out and share the gospel. But, you know, with someone that might be on your heart, we're going to believe and hope that the Lord does put that person on your heart you know seeking him and asking him to grant you opportunity that you can have a conversation with this person and I would say relax really relax you know I think being a Christian that is who you are you you ultimately really you should be a light morally your values and your belief system you know your light should shine in terms of the way you do things the way you conduct yourself so um rest in that and and just rest in God's goodness and trust in him you know because it really we really don't want this to be a self-effort that you're doing it out of your own strength you know and your own understanding it's not by power might but it's by my spirit says the Lord so we really want to seek the Lord and let the Lord be the one to direct us and lead us in this and 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 that we need to rest in and that's that's kind of twofold isn't it or maybe three but the two that spring to mind is one you're right, don't think that it's us and, mm. and that God relies on us to do it. But then we can get it, be in a place where we feel like we don't have the strength, the knowledge, the power, the whatever mm. it mm. takes. For me, mm. it's remem- reminding myself every time I go to pick up a phone to ring young, a young person, mm. the Holy Spirit is in me. I'm mm. not, the Holy Spirit's mm. going to work through me, through mm. my mm. FaceTime audio mm. or mm. through my mm. Zoom at the moment. Mm. This is our reality. Mm. So it's, I guess it's about them having that confidence in the Holy mm. Spirit mm. that is living in them. The same power that rose Jesus mm. from the dead is living within us. Come on, come on, bro. You know and what I mean? You know, and you know what, Adam? I mean, how can I... T- I mean, as you said, you're asking. I'm only giving my opinion, my advice, because I don't think none of us can say this model worked. This no, is how you no, approach no, 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 that. No. We can't... Because that wasn't Jesus' approach to, to it neither. Exactly. Our trust is in the Lord. So we know you love that person, right? 
you love him, well, intercede for him. Lift him up before God, right? Pray, pray, pray to God about him, right? Pray to God about how you might be able to engage with him and have a conversation with him. Mm, amen, brother. Brother, it's been really good talking to you. I'm, I'm encouraged and I, I pray that, that there will be somebody out there that will be encouraged by your, your story and, and, and what God has been doing in you and, and through you, brother. I'm really encouraged. It's been been good to talk to you brother bless you no thank you and i and i say people whoever's listening out there listen hear what if god can do it for me i'm nobody special mm, yeah mm. i'm nobody special you know what i mean I, i'm just a, a person who's begging and looking for a way to get by in life right i'm telling you if god did this for me god can do abundantly exceedingly more than you can ask or think all right mm. you just need to trust in him you heard some of the things i was involved in all right yeah, if God can do this for me, He can do this for you. So trust in the Lord with all your heart and try not to lean on your own understanding, but just try to acknowledge Him in all your ways, in all that you do, and He can make your path straight and clear before mm, you. Amen, brother. Amen. Bless you, brother. Amen. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Boise Talks podcast. You can find more episodes, how to subscribe to our podcast and mailing list, and other info at our website, boisetalks.com dot com